Hey guys, it's Kayla. It's Katie. And you're listening to Murder, Mayhem, and Merlot. so funny just me forgetting to say it the first one yeah mm-hmm. i do that often well guys we come to you this week with two episodes yes because we've been slacking because family emergencies yes uh, katie had an urgent family matter to attend to last week so we did not record i drove halfway across the country you flew halfway across the country and, and then, then, drove, and then you drove back yeah <laughs> so all in 48 hours I know. Good stuff. Yeah. Wouldn't recommend. No. <laughs> so, also, it's June, so it's Pride Month. So, happy Pride happy Month. Happy Pride. Happy Pride to all of our LGBTQIA listeners. Hope you have the best month ever. Yes. And, and go to all the Pride parades and celebrations. Go to all the bars. Have all the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and snackies. And we want you to know that here at Murder, Mayhem, and Merlot, we see you, we love you, and we support you. We'll back you up through whatever. Yes. And especially in our state of Tennessee, those, a lot of hurtful legislation has been brought. Very recently. Yes. And so we think it's important for you all to know that we support you. Now for my case, I decided to do Lindsay Buziak. In 2008, 24-year-old Lindsay Buziak was a budding real estate agent in Victoria, British Columbia. She lived with her boyfriend of almost a year, Jason. 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 <laughs> Jason. She lived with Jason. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> she lived with her boyfriend of almost a year, Jason Zalo. He was a mortgage broker and also had a real estate license of his own. At this time of her career, she's trying to just build up her clientele and just basically get her name out there. She'd only been like a real estate agent for maybe a year. Mm -hmm. It was during this time, though, that she got an opportunity that most real estate agents wait a long time for. She gets a call from a woman that states she is looking for a house. The woman had spoken English, but with an accent that Lindsay couldn't really pinpoint. To her, it like kind of sounded Spanish, but Not completely. Right. She was looking for a house in the million-dollar price range near the city, and it had to be move-in ready. Mm -hmm. She also wanted it to be at least three bedrooms and three baths. Also wanted a separate area for the housekeeper. Just a homegirl, whoever this is on phone. She got money. Yes. Yes, money. She got money, honey. The kicker to this, though, was that she wanted to purchase the house in two days. No pressure. No pressure or anything. Yeah, no. Um, Lindsay was starting to feel a little weary about this phone call, 
not only because of the time crunch, but also because the woman called her on her personal cell phone instead of like her business number that she had on like brochures and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it seems a little scammy. Right. Yeah. When asked how she got her number, the woman stated a previous client had, like a previous client of Lindsay's, had mm-hmm. given it to her. Right. She gave Lindsay the name of the client. Lindsay calls the client to verify that this is what happened. Right. But those clients were out of town and couldn't be reached. Okay. Convenient. Weird. Right? Yeah. Weird and convenient. Despite this... And at the encouragement of her boyfriend, Jason, she took on the job. I mean, she would get a high commission off this sale. This was just an opportunity Lindsay couldn't pass up. And really, I wouldn't have either. Yeah. Lindsay had scribbled the details of what the woman was looking for on a notepad and the woman's phone number and got to work. Lindsay found a $964,000 brand new home located on DeSousa Place which is a small cul-de-sac in an upscale Victoria suburb called Saanich. 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 Sounds like a sandwich. I think that's how you say that. Okay. We're going to roll with it. Just going with it. Lindsay set up a private showing of the home for Saturday, February 2nd, 2008 at 5.30 p.m. Lindsay was still pretty weary about the situation, so to put her mind at ease, Jason told her that he would hang out outside in case anything were to happen. Jason was like 6'3 and 240 pounds and an ex-semi-pro hockey player. So, dude could be intimidating if he wanted to be. He could be a little beefy. Yeah. The day of the showing, Jason and Lindsay had a late lunch. They paid their bill at 4.24 p.m. They left separately. Jason went to an auto shop to pick up a friend and Lindsay went to her house, to their house, to change clothes. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Lindsay gets to the house, ready to meet her client. Except, it wasn't just a client, but clients. The woman she was expecting to meet was also with a man. Witnesses state they saw the couple walk up the cul-de-sac to the house to meet Lindsay. Mm-hmm. They state that they looked to be around 35 to 40 years old. The man was Caucasian and had looked like he was like about six foot with dark hair. The woman was also Caucasian with blonde hair and was wearing a dress that had a distinctive black and white pattern with either red or pink on it. Mm -hmm. Witnesses could tell by body language that Lindsay and the couple had never met before. They shook hands, introduced themselves, and walked into the house. Mm -hmm. The lockbox, so you know, like, I don't know if you've ever went to a showing, but when you're, when a realtor is showing you a house, there's usually a lockbox with the key in it. Yeah. Okay. So, the lockbox was opened at 5.29 p.m. Mm-hmm. Now, timing, the times that I'm telling you are very important. Okay. This is very important to the investigation. Okay. okay. So, she leaves lunch at 4.24, goes home, boyfriend uh-huh. goes somewhere else. To the auto shop. To the auto shop. To pick up his friend. She goes home to get ready. Lockbox is opened at... 5.29 p.m. 5.29. Yes. Okay. Now, you're probably wondering, where's Jason? Right. Wasn't he supposed to be there? Mm-hmm. Well, Jason was running late. He texted Lindsay and said, I'll come meet you and I'll be 10 to 15 minutes or so. Lindsay responds at 530 with, okay, I'll see you in a bit. I gotta go. Her text showed no signs of distress. Then at 538, Jason texted just a couple of minutes away, but that message would never be opened. Three minutes later, 
at 541, there was a phone call from Lindsay's phone that was made to a friend she hadn't spoken to in a long time. Lindsay leaves a voicemail, but when listened back, it's not Lindsay. It's just muffled noises. Jason pulls up to the house at 545. When he pulls up, he sees a man and a woman about to walk out of the house. They turn around quickly and go back in. Jason is assuming these are the clients and that the showing had just started. Mm -hmm. So Jason and his friend are sitting there waiting for the showing to be over. They wait about 20 minutes before Jason texts Lindsay and asks her, are you okay? But he doesn't get an answer. They then decide to go into the house because Jason is starting to worry. However, the door is locked. He tries to look through the glass on the door, but all he sees are Lindsay's shoes sitting in the doorway. Which I'm assuming, like, she took her shoes off so she wouldn't, like, get get the rugs dirty or whatever. Right. I mean, I've heard of, like, realtors doing that before. Yeah. Especially in more upscale housing, they'll take their take shoes, their off. shoes yeah. off and she stuff. had a pair of black heels and they were just like sitting in the entrance right. entrance way so yeah she, he sees her shoes in the doorway but doesn't see any other movement mm-hmm. so his worry turns into panic quick jason makes a phone call to police at 605 p.m while jason was on the phone with police his friend sees a gap in the fence in the backyard once he gets through he notices that there were a pair of french doors opened mm-hmm. jason's friend walks through the house And opens the front door for Jason. Jason comes into the house and immediately starts yelling for Lindsay. As he's yelling for her, he runs up the stairs and straight into the master bedroom. Jason finds Lindsay laying in a pool of her own blood. And the couple that Lindsay had been showing the house to were nowhere to be found. Okay, so he just skips this entire house. Okay, because this is almost Mm -hmm. a million dollar home. So this is not, this isn't a small house. Right. He skips everything downstairs yeah so goes straight into the bedroom so what he does he comes you know his friend opens the door for him the staircase to go upstairs to the master bedroom is really close to the door so he comes in the door starts yelling for Lindsay, and he actually reenacts this for police there's video of him reenacting this because they wanted to kind of see what he did right so he reenacts this whole thing a while after the investigated investigation started Mm mm-hmm He comes in the house, you know, the door's open for him. He rushes in, yelling for Lindsay, then immediately just takes the stairs to the master bedroom and goes straight to the master bedroom. Smells fishy to me. Well, it's kind of funny you say that, but I'm not going to tell you why just yet. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Jason finds Lindsay laying in a pool of her own blood. And like I said, the couple is nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. Jason then makes a second call to 911 at 6.11 p.m while performing CPR on Lindsay. Lindsay had been stabbed more than 40 times and was pronounced dead once EMS arrived. Investigators find no defensive wounds, which to them suggests that she didn't see this coming Mm -mm. and was attacked from behind. They believe that right when Lindsay turned to show the master bathroom, the killers took that moment to stab Lindsay. Mm -hmm. And you know that muffled call that was made by Lindsay's phone at 541? Mm Mm-hmm. Police believe that was the exact moment of Lindsay's murder and was a pocket dial from her Blackberry during the attack because her phone was found in her pocket. Oh. Yeah. So this old friend was just hearing her get murdered unknowingly Essentially. on this voicemail. Yeah. So investigators, first and foremost, want to find the couple that Lindsay met at the house. All right. And also to question Jason and his friend. 
They take Jason and his friend to the station to begin questioning them and begin the hunt for the couple. They find the number that the woman had called Lindsay from, and it unfortunately was hooked to a burner phone, registered under a fake name. It was purchased in Vancouver several months before the murder. Cell phone tower pings show that the phone traveled on a ferry from Vancouver the day before the murder. The phone was also used just for one thing, and that was to contact Lindsay. It had made no other calls. And it was purchased months earlier. Yes. There was also very little forensic evidence. She hadn't been sexually assaulted, and the suspects didn't take her wallet or her purse. So robbery wasn't the, wasn't the motive. Investigators believe that the killers attacked Lindsay and were so brazen and, and confident that they were just going to head out the front door. Because if you remember, He's, Jason saw them. He saw a couple and, and then they, they turned around. Yes. And they decided, like, they, they were so confident that they were going to head out the front door. But when they saw Jason, they decided to flee out the back. Police also believe that they had a car parked near Torquay Drive, which mm-hmm. is close to the cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. This makes sense since they're, they were seen walking up the cul-de-sac to the house. Right. Like, no one saw them get out of a car and walk up. They were walking up the street, essentially. Mm-hmm. So what was the motive? All of this told police was that it could have been a hired hit. That's what I was sitting here thinking. This attack seemed too efficient. So if that's the case, who hired it? Police look into Lindsay's life and discover that she essentially had no enemies, which makes the investigation even harder because it would be convenient if she did have right, maybe one or two had, enemies. Yeah, you know? somebody that hated her a lot yeah. or something. A, a scorned ex- Yeah, something. Something. Yeah. What they did discover was just six weeks before her death, in December, Lindsay took a trip to see her dad, who lived 600 miles away in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. While in Calgary, Lindsay reached out to an old acquaintance in Victoria. While she was in Calgary, she called home to Victoria Mm -hmm. and talked to an old acquaintance. And she contacted them once by phone and then another time through Facebook. While investigators don't know the nature of the phone call or why she contacted this person, they do know that he was a relative to a man named, a man named Erickson Delar Kazar. Soon after Lindsay traveled back to Victoria, Erickson and 13 others were arrested in the biggest drug bust in Alberta history. They seized 80 kilograms of cocaine. Damn! After a year-long investigation into drug trafficking by an organized crime group, they also seized four handguns, a rifle, and $330,000 in cash. The cocaine would have been worth $8 million on the streets. So, it's safe to say that there were some people who lost a lot of money and some who lost their freedom. Mm-hmm. That, of course, is going to piss those people off. Right, right. And those people know that someone spoke to police. These people were on a witch hunt to figure out who that person was. Oh, was it Lindsay? Well, they think that one of the theories is that someone pointed the finger at Lindsay. Okay. Whether she had something to do with it or not, uh, you know, but that she was used kind of as a scapegoat. Right. But there's no, like, concrete evidence saying, oh, it was her. Not that I could find. Okay. Yeah. But nonetheless, she could have become a target. Mm-hmm. And what about Jason? Well, police looked into Jason, of course. You're going to look into the significant other. Mm-hmm. 
him and his friend were under extensive and intense police scrutiny. And during that trip to see her dad, Lindsay confided in him about how her and Jason's relationship was not perfect. Mm-hmm. According to Lindsay, he was pretty overbearing and possessive and jealous. Mm-hmm. Her, yeah, her dad states that Lindsay had plans to end things. But on the other side of that coin, according to police, Jason isn't a suspect. They interviewed Jason many times, and he's always cooperated with police. He took a polygraph and passed it. And, you know, with surveillance footage that shows he did leave with his friend from the auto shop at 5.30, the time he said. Mm -hmm. And based on timestamps and eyewitness and forensic evidence, police know he's not the killer. Mm -hmm. But Lindsay's father, Jeff, has his suspicions. And remember kind of what you said earlier about him going straight and up the stairs to the master that's, bedroom. Yeah, that's just weird to me. He finds it weird, too. The first place you go is where she is. Yeah, he finds it weird that Jason, for one, didn't immediately go into the house when he saw the couple dart back in when they saw him. Right, because that's weird. Right. Um, but in my mind, like, I'm trying to put my, I'm trying to put myself in Jace, Jason's shoes, and I'm sitting there, and I see a couple just go back inside. Like, my first thought's going to be, maybe they forgot something. Maybe maybe Lindsay said something to them and they came back inside. Like, I probably, my first thought wouldn't be that suspicious. I don't know. It's just weird to me. Like, you just... Now that we know what happened, it's weird. But in that moment, I don't know if I would find it that weird. Yeah. I mean, I see that. I would have been like, why'd they look at me and then just go back in? Like, yeah. was it my face? But... Right. <laughs> right. And he thought that that was when the showing had started, too. Right. So, so he wasn't thinking anything of it. Yeah. But he and he also finds it weird that, like you said, he immediately went to the master bedroom without stopping. Yeah, because there's just I mean, you have the whole main level. If it were me mm-hmm. and I had gone into a house thinking that there was something wrong with a friend or a significant other inside mm-hmm. and I didn't know where they were in the house, like I'm going to search every level and then work my way up. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I would have searched the entire main floor and then went to the second floor and all that. Like, I wouldn't have just gone straight up in the first place I go as soon as I get in the house is up the stairs and into the master bedroom. Yeah, I get that. Because she could have been anywhere in the house mm-hmm. because she's showing this house. Yeah. She could have been in the backyard for all he knew, you know? Right. But he I mean, just well, immediately jets upstairs. His friend did go through the backyard. Right. I'm just saying, like, she could have just been anywhere. You know, they could have been looking in a closet somewhere yeah. in, a, in a basement. Like, yeah. And he just goes straight upstairs to the room that she's in. Yeah. It's just weird. Smells weird to me. Yeah, it's it's not. It's a little sus. Smells like shit. Looks like shit. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But with all the theories and all the conspiracy, there has never been an official arrest. Police say that the case isn't cold, but the lack of evidence is frustrating. And the couple that met with Lindsay that day... They have never come forward or been identified. Mm, They did it. Like, they killed her for sure. Yes. But why? Exactly. It does feel murder for hire-ish to me. I definitely think it was. I I definitely think this was a hit. Because this, I mean... It's too perfect of a crime. 40 times in, like, just 15 minutes? See, my thing with the 40 stab, like, the 40 times, you know, she was stabbed, that feels... A little personal to it, me. Yeah, I mean that's a lot for somebody. Usually, a hit is they get shot. They're they're gonna they're gonna make it quick and dirty. That's usually how a hit goes. You know, you know is people get shot. That's what it. Right. That's what it do. So I know there's another theory out there that it was someone like pretty close to Lindsay 
that knew her schedule. Not Jason necessarily, but someone else. And that may be, that's why it seems kind of personal, like the 40 stabs. But I just, it's it's just too perfect. There's no evidence. I, I feel like, the, please do feel like the, the people who killed her have done it before. Mm-hmm. So. Here's another thing that's weird to me. So, the woman. First uh-huh. of all, when you said at the beginning, when she spoke to Lindsay on the phone, whoever, the, I'm assuming it's the same woman because that's the call that was made right. on their mm-hmm. the phone. And she said she sounded Spanish, but not really. I feel like maybe that was someone pretending to have a Spanish accent and they just couldn't get it down. That's kind of how that made me feel when you said that. Don't know, but that's just what I thought. And then second, she's in that black and white dress with some patterns on it, you said, with like some pink and some red. Yeah, it it was like, it was like black and white striped with like a pink or red stripe down the That The picture they released of the dress that they think the woman was wearing, I'll post it on Instagram or on our social media. But yeah. Here's my thing that's weird about that. Mm-hmm. Did Jason ever say what he saw them wearing when he saw them come outside? Not that I could find. Police did track down. They did. The pl- police found out that the dress wasn't like high end as far as coming from a designer. Right. It was just one that you would find at a department store that anyone could really buy. Right. So that narrows it down. None for them, probably. Yeah. But here's the thing about that to me. Like, it's got that one stripe going down the middle, mm-hmm. they think. But it's got a, a lot of white on it. Mm-hmm. So if you stab someone 40 times, you are going to get blood on yourself. Absolutely. You're, you're going to. Yeah. And at that point, it sounds like they were leaving because Jason was late. Mm-hmm. He and his friend were late. Mm-hmm. Sounds like they had already committed the crime. They'd already killed Lindsay. Yep. And so if he never reported... I wish we knew what he saw her wearing because see, I'm like, did she did she change clothes or did she have blood on her and he just didn't see it? Because I feel like you would have been able to see blood on the white parts of the dress. You I don't know what think I mean? He got like that good of look of them. I, Damn it, Jason! <laughs> <laughs> I think like they opened the door, right? Saw him, saw him, him back in, and went like they didn't fully come out. Damn of of the house, like they opened the door, saw him, shut it, and you know what I'm saying. So and and what really frustrates me is if Jason was just a little bit later, just a little bit, like five seconds, he would have crossed paths with them. Mm-hmm. Like they would have been out of the house pretty quick, you know, and mm-hmm. he probably could have cut them off at the, at that time. If you know, he was on time. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. So that's where it's Why at. Are you late, Jason? <laughs> I don't know. Jason gives me the heebie-jeebies. Sorry, Jason. Yeah, I don't know. Her dad, you know, has been very vocal online about his, like, suspicions. Not necessarily, I don't think, completely towards Jason. Just in general. And just how, while he appreciates the police and all they've done, it's frustrating to him that there's been no, there's been no movement in this case, mm-hmm. you know. Especially them probably saying it's not cold, but then you have nothing. I mean, that would yeah. make you upset. Right. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, well, what do you have then? Yeah. What do you have then? You say mm-hmm. it's not cold, but you, you haven't told us anything. Right. It's like, a, it sounds like a movie, honestly. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. This sounds like the plot to a, like a mystery movie. It just sounds unreal. I know. Because it's, it's so random and why her? And then it's such a perfect crime. Because there's nothing 
Yeah, it and was. And it's like these people, it's like they showed up out of nowhere on mm-hmm. an alien spaceship, picked Lindsay for God knows why, mm-hmm. murdered her, and then disappeared again on some spaceship and now they live on Mars. Like, I mean, it's literally like these people just appeared and then disappeared as if they were ghosts. I mean, it's so brazen because they were going to walk out the front door. I know. You know, you know these are professionals when they just said, we're going to walk out the front door. We're just going to walk out the front door, walk down the street to our car. witnesses saw them walk up. Usually, like, you you know, you have a plan to kill somebody. You don't want anybody to see And that's the other thing, too, is when you were describing what they look like, does that not sound like thousands of people that you see every day? Exactly. Some little blonde woman and a tallish man with man dark with, hair. With dark hair. Yeah. That sounds like, I don't know, I could probably go to the grocery store right now and pass 50 people that mm-hmm. look just like them. And I think and that's, that's the, other, the point. That's, yeah. I think that's the point. But they're, they sound so average mm-hmm. that it's like, well, golly, that could be a million people that I know, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So this is just some crazy... Yeah. It does. That sounds like a movie. Yeah. It's it's wild. But that's where it's at now. Damn, that's frustrating. hmm Yeah. I hate that for her. Yes, she I hate it. She's just doing her job, man. Mm-hmm. She thought she was gonna get some good money. She was she was just, you know, trying to trying to get her bag. She thought this was like a, a first, you know, this is gonna be her first big thing. And she we always support a, a woman getting her bag. Absolutely we do. Yeah. And Lindsay should have got her fucking pay from that and walked out of that damn house. Yep. So fuck Tom and Sally, whoever the fuck they are. Yep. This next episode is going to be your case. Yes. And we're actually releasing both this week. Yes. Because, like I said, because, you know, we've been slacking. We, we've um, been a little slackers. So we just had a lot of stuff coming up lately. So we're going to release mine this week. And you said it's a it's a tough one. It's a really tough one. Mm-hmm. It's a child. It's a local case. It's a very big deal. Oh, yeah. It's very brutal. I'm going to, like I said a couple episodes ago, I'm going to do a whole extra listener discretion advised mm-hmm. for this episode when we record tomorrow because you had a hard time with like just researching I've, I've this had a very one. hard time just yeah. researching this case yeah very hard it makes you sick feeling to your stomach it makes you cry i've cried while typing the episode but it's important very to tell. yeah so we'll release that one same time we release this one yep and we'll talk to you guys later thanks See you later thanks thanks We'd like to thank Mikey Kinley for audio and editing and our friend Avalyn Yulaberry for our cover art. Make sure to like and follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram. Our Instagram is M3Podcast and you can find us on Facebook under the name of our podcast, which is Murder, Mayhem, and Merlot. (laughs) 